If you're looking for the longest running EOS podcast, you've come to the right place. There is so much going on in the EOS IO ecosystem, and I can't wait to talk to all of you about it today. But before we begin, I just want to call out my sponsor, Cypherglass. Vote for Cypherglass using your favorite wallet or block explorer. And lastly, if you like the show, don't forget to like it, comment, and subscribe if you aren't already. Welcome back to another episode of Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. Great to see you all joining us again for another week of everything happening in the EOS ecosystem. A lot going on this week, Rob, but it's not the same though uh, without you here in person recording. I know, yeah, right? It was a fun episode last week. That was great. Uh, uh, yeah, so if anyone missed it, um, last week we talked about the, the mass adoption that's happening among projects like so we want we, we often talk about the user mass adoption to bring in users to use all these applications but what we're, we've been seeing over the last few weeks is a, a massive migration of applications from other platforms like neo like ethereum coming to eos so if you want to hear more about that check out last week's episodes uh rob you actually had a chance to catch up with the ceo of effect ai and you have a video coming out it might even be out by the time people watch this uh how'd that yes, go i've uh a really cool video coming out that basically just shows their journey. You know, that there's a ton of backstory of the company that a lot of people don't know that I don't think uh, Chris from Effect AI has really talked about publicly. So we cover a lot of that in the video and kind of go over the story of, you know, how they uh, came up with this idea, how they moved to NEO, why NEO didn't work, and why inevitably they ended up moving to EOS. So I'm super excited for the video. It, it should be pretty cool. And if it works out, maybe we'll do a series on, uh, you know, other dApps and how they found EOS and how they moved to it as well. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited for that. I, I, I'm always interested in those stories because la last week we talked about the human aspect of this. We, we, we often say like, oh, Ethereum projects come to EOS. It's not that easy. They don't just wake up one day and they're like, oh, we can't scale anymore. Let's just switch right. platforms. It's like a long drawn out process and they want to do everything they can to not migrate if they don't have to because they set the roadmap whenever they launch to do, to do things a certain way. And it, it, it's just a problem with all of the the extended uh, timelines and false promises, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Well, and speaking of projects moving to EOS, we have another project that's moving over to EOS what? that actually uh, had planned to do a token sale on Ethereum. This was back in 2017. Uh, my brother and partner at Cypherglass, Ben, um, and also partner at EOS Name Service, has uh, worked with this client before, sort of helped them write their white paper, sort of got them uh, into the crypto ecosystem. But it's a company called TrueGold that actually owns uh, not just the rights to different mineral deposits, but apparently actually owns different gold mines. So they'll be moving to EOS, bringing their token to EOS, maybe even doing a little token sale on top of EOS as well. So pretty exciting things happening. Um, but what was also cool that wasn't another project being moved, but more of like a, uh, a concept oh. coming over to EOS was, I'm sure you've seen the Lightning Torch. So the Lightning Network is this sort of second layer of Bitcoin that allows you to open a payment channel with somebody and effectively send a transaction for a very low cost very, very quickly. Um, so what happened was all of these sort of, you know, crypto influencers had this thing called the Lightning Network Torch, the LN Torch on Twitter, where they were sending it around to all these different people. It went to CZ at Binance. It went to Anthony Pompliano. Uh, it went to Jack, the, the CEO of Twitter, which was pretty cool. Um, so somebody recently, I think it was actually Rude Mudcrab in Telegram. Um, oh, shout made... out to Rude Mudcrab. I didn't know it was him. He started it? Yeah, that's... It, that's a conversation I saw about him basically saying that he was the one that, that started it. So he could have been making a joke that maybe I misunderstood, but it seems like it was him. Uh, but he basically made one unique sort of a, a non-fungible token. The, the total supply is one and you can't divide it. It's not divisible. So there's one torch token out there that exists that's being passed around between all these different EOS community members, basically to show off the fact 
that without a payment channel, without a second layer, you can send a transaction on EOS for free and pass the torch for free with a half second block time. So it kind of shows off the tech. And uh, I was fortunate enough, shout out to Angel, uh, who actually met at the, the EOS New York event, I believe, um, passed me the torch. And then I was able to pass it on to Rudy from Mythical Games. And now, you know, the, the 60 plus people it's gone through, I think it's at Brock Pierce now at his proxy. And Brock has said that he's actually gonna pass it on to Dan or Brendan. So super excited that the, the torch that I managed to have an opportunity to touch will soon be in Dan or Brendan's wallet. So, so cool to see. So let's go off script a little bit here, because the torch yeah. thing did have me a little weirded out. And the, the reason I didn't like beg anyone for the torch, I saw everyone begging for it is, I, how do you, what do you think of like anonymity on the internet and these types of games? Like, I think most people have multiple accounts. So I know I have multiple accounts. So I think whenever the people were playing this torch game, they were playing with like a, a different account. But exactly. how, how do you feel about that transparency though with like a public blockchain? It's kind of like you're wearing your bank account on, on like your, your outside clothing in a way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it's important to have multiple accounts and is part of the reason why we started EOS name servers to make it easy to manage and create a bunch of different accounts for different purposes. But so essentially rob.vr, which is the account that I use to you know pass the torch to me, it's the account I use in videos. It's not linked to any of my other accounts in any way um, to kind of, you know, keep that bank account transparency, so to speak, or that, that bank account anonymity rather. Um, so I, I think it's kind of interesting and it is something that people need to learn about. Maybe POS will help with that if you can do like a private transaction and keep most of your wealth private, mm -hmm. but we're not really sure how that works yet. Um, so I don't know, it, it is definitely an interesting difference of the crypto world compared to the traditional finance world. And for anyone who's interested in like separating uh, identities, I guess, it's not like a verified identity, but anyone who wants to play games like US Knights and things like that, but they kind of don't want it tied to everything that they do. Do you want to kind of right. walk the audience through like the Binance trick? And this this doesn't give you complete anonymity if you KYC'd with Binance. They know who you are. The exchanges, as long as you're okay with them knowing who you are, that that's okay with most people, I think. If if you, I mean, if you KYC'd with them, but there yeah, is is a way to start a new account that's not associated with your old account. It's pretty easy to do. Yeah, it's something typical that a lot of people do. You know, they use EOS account creator or uh, I think. EOS X, so EOS EX, um, or actually, no, EOS X, just the letter.com, <laughs> uh, that Block Explorer lets you make an account by just sending a payment from any other account. So you can do something like that. It's, it's a trick a lot of people have used to sort of stay anonymous uh, or pseudo anonymous in crypto, which is you send your tokens into an exchange and then you send them out to one or multiple wallets to kind of um, bury the trail. Obviously, the exchange and you know any regulators that ever audit you are going to know, okay, this is that guy's account. Um, but if you're looking for that anonymity on chain, that's a great way to, to sort of achieve it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day though, most people probably aren't even looking and digging into it, Absolutely. but, uh, I, I just always think that's a funny topic when it comes to like playing games and using these like public account names, they're, they're all linked well, somehow. It, it is so interesting from a trading perspective. Also, I know that there are people out there that have different algorithms and bots that, you know, if if a million EOS get deposited into Binance, they have some trigger that goes off for their bot to you know, sell EOS before that person that they think might dump it on the exchange is doing that. So because you have this added layer of transparency, it adds uh, so many additional elements to the, the trading game, particularly algorithmic trading, where you can pull in all of this interesting data, even get sentiment on you know, the overall market analysis, how many people are unstaking at a time, how, how many people just staked. There's so much additional data and sort of insight you can glean from this additional layer of transparency that uh, makes things pretty interesting.
It, it's really interesting. I, I've actually heard of people with the, the bots that like watch for the unstaking because it's kind of like if you have whales unstaking on a particular token and there's whatever there is, a 24 to three day unstaking period, you don't want to be left behind and be like a day or two behind in your unstaking just in case. It depends on Absolutely. if you're, tra it depends if you're a trader or not, I guess. It depends on what your yeah. motives are and how much risk you're taking on. But Dan's written about this at length, but e extreme transparency is the only real way to stop corruption and a lot of unfair practices. So just something most people are familiar with is crypto trading. So people always, uh, in the back of their minds wonder if like the exchanges could ever be front running them since they actually see the order books oh, they know sure. they sure. know where everyone's stop losses are and and limit orders and they could uh make the price go up or down because they know the books so they have what everyone believes to be an unfair competitive advantage and if they're doing that stuff which i've no doubt some of them are then it clear as day is in a competitive advantage but whenever you put all the data on an open public blockchain it's available to everybody. So we have all yeah. of these DEXs coming out that I'm super excited about. EOS Finex being uh, what I'm, I guess, speaking about directly. But you look at the, the uh, daily trade volume that a company like Bitfinex has, and then they have this EOS Finex exchange launching. It seems like it's going to be in the next couple weeks, maybe a month or two. Is, is that kind of the vibe you're getting too on that, Rob? I think so, yeah. Apparently the beta is supposed to be out here shortly and we'll be able to see that the, the platform works entirely on-chain on the EOS mainnet. So I'm super excited about it as well. I can't wait to see how they're what they're using for a Bitcoin peg and an Ethereum peg and all these different things. So there's a lot that goes into the platform. I, I've, I've been keeping very close tabs on that. Between the DAP network and EOS Finex, I think those are the two projects I've been watching the most closely because I'm excited about what they're bringing to the table. Yeah. Well, what have you been excited about, Rob? You're excited about like everything, but is, is anything new? And so no, no talking Pixios, no D goods. What what's new and exciting for you? Honestly, the stuff that we're working on at EOS Name Service it goes so far beyond just EOS accounts. Like the, it honestly goes beyond the existing EOS ecosystem. And there will be people that have never even heard of EOS, don't even know they're using a blockchain that will use some of the stuff that we're coming out with. Uh, in the relatively near future. So I've just been so excited about that. We did recently, of course, come out with .art as a new suffix. Um, so you can register one to seven character names for .art. I got rob.art as an example, um, but that is available now. But what I'm so excited about more than the, the names that are coming out and the more names that we have already lined up to release on the platform soon, I'm just excited about the stuff that we're building. So uh, I can't wait until I can talk more about it. Unfortunately, I can't share it now, <laughs> but there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes. I think we have that trait in common because I'm, I uh, met with my team earlier this week in person and I'm absolutely stoked for what we have in the pipeline as well. And I, yeah, I can't wait to of, share more information. A lot of people don't know. Zach Gall right here, uh, he's part of a company called Dappiness that is actually building different dapps, I think centered mostly around games on EA. So I'm super excited to play those as well once they're finally out. Um, but there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes, not just with projects we're working on, but projects that you know our friends and colleagues and other people in the industry are working on. In, in summary, there is so much being built on EOS right now. It's it's kind of crazy. It's time to build. Uh, so yep. I, I told you we weren't allowed to talk about D goods before, but now we could talk about D goods because it's the next thing in the notes. Uh, so they put out a blog post, and they is D goods is um, like a, a team of. Mythical Games is leading the charge on it, but it's a group of different projects and companies. Cypherglass is one of them. Uh, EOS Lynx is part of it. Scatter. So it's a pretty... Uh, ITM Games actually just joined the D-Goods initiative also. So that yeah. was news. Huge la news. Last week. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get into ITM Games later because uh, they have some exciting stuff coming out as well. 
But D Goods, they, they put out um, just like a release update explaining some of the um, things that they've built recently for their most recent release of D Goods. But the one thing that stood out to me is something that hasn't really been talked about or that I at least haven't talked about before, and that's semi fungible tokens. So, you want to explain what yeah. that is and why they're needed? Yeah, so when DGoods first came out, it was all about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And shortly after that, you know, a non-fungible token is something unique. If there's only one of these monster cans in the world or only one of these flamethrowers in the world, you know, there's one token that represents that. That's an NFT. The, the torch that's being passed around on EOS is a great example of a truly non-fungible token. There's only one. But shortly after that, they realized, okay, there are a lot of other digital items, digital goods within games or other applications that you're building that you might need multiple of the same thing that are still sort of, you know, limited to a small supply. So a good example of this is if I had a thousand flamethrowers in a game that all were, you know, had the same performance, had the same stats, but just had a different serial number, one to a thousand, to show which of the thousand unique flamethrowers that I got in that game, you could do that. Or if I had, you know, 10,000 concert tickets that I was selling to a Taylor Swift concert, and each of those has a seat number and a row number and you know a certain entry level you could assign all of those details to the individual semi-fungible tokens but the the contract would still know okay these are all tickets to a taylor swift concert on this specific date um, you know another example if i have 100 100 mana potions in a game those could all be the same mana token that are then stackable and bundleable and you can really do so much more with the semi-fungible token than um that that you really need so i think the main reason for coming out and formally releasing SFTs, semi-fungible tokens, as part of the DGoods standard is to, to really clarify for people that DGoods will handle any digital goods, whether it's unique, it's a non-fungible token, or whether it's you know one of many and it's a semi-fungible token, both of those can be sort of handled under that DGoods standard. So it's, it's really cool and there's so much work being done. And like you said, super excited to have ITM Games coming on board as well. I, I was excited for it because it serves a very specific purpose. So. I think you gave the example of serial numbers. Um, in one of the games that we're, we're building with Dappiness, um, we have NFTs that, that you could win in the game or, or maybe even buy in the future. But we want to have the option that you can only use them a limited number of times. So you could use it on, on a per game basis, but we want to put caps on them so that they could like, huh. they're just um, collectibles at that point because you can't actually use them in the game. So may, So you would have all of the, NFTs would be the exact same because they're the exact same item, we'll call it. Um, but if I use the item three times and Rob uses the item once, then it has basically a counter on there of how many times it was used. And now they're slightly different items, but they're the exact same properties other than that. So that would be a good Very example of a semi-fungible token. And I can't remember, did you use the, uh, the ticket example? How if you had like a general admission ticket, they just have... Uh, like exactly. Number those. Like at Taylor Swift concert, you have your you know your seat number, your row number. Maybe some are VIP passes, maybe some aren't. And you can even build in cool giveaway stuff where you know one of the people or ten of the people that buy a Taylor Swift concert out of this batch have the option to then get you know upgraded for free to a backstage pass. And maybe that's handled just with a token. Um, and you know you got that random token, and oh look, this is the one with the backstage pass built into the actual token or the ticket itself. So there's a lot that you can do. So where do you draw the line with uh, a semi-fungible token? Is it just there's like one variable that may change on it, but then everything else is the same? Or how, how does that work? Like where do you draw the limit on when it's semi-fungible compared to non-fungible and when to make that differentiation? My understanding is that you can have basically as many differing attrib attributes as you want. You know, if this flamethrower is in the game a thousand times, maybe each thousand flamethrowers all have randomly generated stats that are all slightly different associated with those unique tokens. Um, so really, I think it's sort of up to the developer. 
Oh, I think it's, at the end of the day, it's just terminology. As long as they're following the standardized format of D goods, then they all have the same data format. Everything should play nice together, no matter how they define it in their own words. Absolutely. Um, so NFTs, it, it's like it seems like such a boring concept, but we've been incredibly excited about them lately, mostly because D goods has been on top of it with putting out regular blog content and updates. Because there's a lot of development teams that are just busy programming and they're not like taking the time to do that. Sometimes engineers aren't the best communicators. Uh, but the guys at DGoods have been do doing an incredible job. And lately, Shintai actually has been piquing my interest with NFTs. Interesting. It's, it's been a while since we've talked about Shintai. Um, but um, Shintai 2.0 is the next thing coming. David P, he's from ES42, right? I'm looking at his tweet yeah. here. He said recently on Twitter, and I'll put it on screen for those watching, we've uh, finally nailed the utility of the checks model. It's mind-blowing in scope, but elegantly simple. Can't wait to publish out full details along with the upcoming launch of Shintai 2.0. People will see the potential we have with leasing all kinds of digital assets. Oh, we got a cat. Um, they broke in again, Rob. Uh, yeah. But what they're doing is, they're, 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 uh, Block One's motto has pretty much been this entire time decentralize everything. Well, now Shintai is having their own motto, which is lease everything. And what they're talking about with leasing NFTs would be Rob's a big gamer. He probably has more in-game items than he actually plans to use. And he's probably just hodling in-game items and they're just collecting dust in his in-game backpack. So I see a value of that. I might want to rent one of Rob's in-game jet skis so they're creating a market for things like this. And that, that's incredible. It's basically making anything rentable. Think about yeah. that in the physical world, how insane that would be. I mean, you, you can if you look far enough, but they're streamlining it and removing the friction and adding like, uh, I don't know how the markets will be made on stuff like this with such limited liquidity, uh, but I'm excited for it because just, I love thinking of new ideas that I never really put much thought into before and whenever, it just like blows your mind. You have to like totally like start looking at things from a different perspective. And this is sort of one of those things where it's something that never existed before. And I have to kind of take the time to wrap my mind around what it actually means to be able to lease yeah. all of these different items. Well, I think what's so powerful about it too is like, and I heard this on the, the round table, shout out to those guys, the round table <laughs> podcast on YouTube, but they gave a, a really great example, which is that, you know, if you lease, you know, a Lamborghini to somebody, you're going to be worried that they're going to crash the Lamborghini or damage it. Um, or maybe they'll steal it forever, but you really don't have any of those concerns when it comes to leasing a digital item, especially when it's leased through a smart contract that could automatically return it to somebody. So, you know, if I'm leasing a digital Lamborghini in a game, maybe there's no chance for them to damage it. They can't really hurt the value of that item. And then at the end of the two day or three day or week or month, however long I lease it, at the end of that leasing period, that, you know, the keys to that Lamborghini, that digital Lamborghini are automatically transferred back to my wallet. And there's no way that the person that's leasing it from me can actually steal it or default on our agreement in any way. So it sort of protects, you know, both the person that's leasing and also the person um, that is renting it from the person. You know, they can't be screwed in, in some other way as well. So it's it's pretty cool. And so yeah, ultimately, I, I'm pretty excited for what Shintai 2.0 has coming. And I like the lease everything uh, hashtag. So assuming that they could pull this off, I'm, I'm super excited for what the potential of that 2.0 platform has in store. So uh, before we move on, I have a uh, few things to say about Shintai. One, I am also equally as excited. Two, I can't wait to get dates. And three, when are you guys gonna vote for Cypherglass? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Somehow I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, I, I, got, I, I gotta bring it up. Um, 
So yeah. th this is real talk here, though. Um, so I love what Shintai is doing. I think it's amazing technology. And at one point, their proxy held the voting power of 15 million votes. It, it currently sits at one and a half million votes. So no one's really worried about it or talking about it. But um, they have proxy managers who decide on who, who gets voted in and who gets voted out. And whenever they ruled this program out, they had mentioned that they were going to re-vote re or re I guess meet to talk about their votes every 30 days and then announce any changes that they made and the reasons why. And I, I noticed when researching this article, otherwise I wouldn't have brought it up, but it's been two months since they made their 30th vote selection. So oh, wow. I, I think it's about time to, to relook at who they're voting for and if they're not gonna uh, change, change any of their votes because they're all good teams. It's just, every, there's more than 30 good block producers is the problem. But I just kind of, think that you deserve to be in there for everything you've done. And you've done, you've actually done a lot as Cypherglass, as Rob Finch, as EOS name service, as everything, as everything EOS, as everything that you encompass, you've done so much even over the last two months that I think it's worth looking at again. And I think Cypherglass uh, deserves to be as part of their, their proxy. There's a lot of other proxies that are voting for you though, so. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate that. And uh, I think hopefully one day we will get the Chintai proxy. There have obviously been tons of people on Twitter and Telegram saying the same thing that you're saying, like, why haven't you voted for these guys? Um, so hopefully maybe in this next this next time that they reconvene, they will add Cypherglass to that proxy. But in the meantime, like you said, we have tons of proxies that are already voting for us uh, that I think we should highlight because they're doing some good. In the Shot them all out. Well. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, so better, we have, better take a deep uh, breath before you start talking. There, are, and this is not all inclusive. There are tons of great proxies outside of the few that I'm going to mention here that are also voting for Cypherglass and many other BPs. But just to to go, you know, sort of from the top of this list, we have Starkness, which is the biggest proxy on EOS right now. We have Investing with a Difference, Ramon. Shout out to him. Uh, we have Brock Pierce One, who is of course Brock Pierce. Thank you for voting for us as well. Um, and Brock has been making some pretty cool content. Oh, really um, good. They just came out. Oh, it's it's been awesome. He has a new podcast called BP One. Uh, and they just had Al Herzog from uh, Liquid EOS on a new series called Meet the Blockers, where they're talking to the block producers, figuring out how they got into crypto, how they got into EOS, their thoughts on the ecosystem. And Ben Sigmund from that same Brock Pierce podcast reached out and asked me to be on Meet the Blockers. So super excited to schedule that and uh, get on oh, the show nice. as well. Uh, do you have yeah. a date for that or anything or timeline? I don't have a date yet. Um, I know Brock was traveling uh, for part of this week, uh, but he's also expecting his uh, a child soon with Crystal. So super exciting news coming That's out of exciting. them yeah. over there. Uh, yeah, we'll so congratulations. Little... You might even have a little little crypto baby. I, I forget what it, they yeah. already named it. It has some crypto name. Do you remember what it is? No, I don't. I think it might just be crypto. <sighs> now I got to look it up. <laughs> that would be amazing if they named their baby crypto. But either way, congrats to uh, Brad Pierce and Crystal Rose on that. That's uh, always super exciting to bring another life into the world. Um, but moving on from them, uh, Luke Stokes, awesome guy from EOS Stack, votes for us as well. And then Colin T. Crypto, sort of a recent convert from the, the Ethereum community who's made a lot of great videos on you know Ethereum 2.0 and how it's delayed to 2021 in its full form and how he was sort of shifting some of his portfolio from Ethereum into EOS and now even has a proxy that has several million votes. I think they just crossed 2 million. So congrats to Colin on that milestone as well. And thank you to all of the other proxies as well. You know, Ash Oro, Freedom Proxy, so many others that are all voting for us. So we sincerely appreciate your support and literally could not do it without you since votes are what pay the bills. I just want to backtrack because I love good video content. I, I, I've learned to love it and be, become a, uh, try, trying my best to become a master of the craft, trying to get better. Yeah. And I love what uh, the BP1 uh, YouTube channel was bringing to the table. 
a lot of people look to us as some of the better uh, EOS content out there. And uh, they're also EOS Radio, great, great guys, great show. I, I always learn a lot in investing with a difference. I would call into crypto, but this is just another layer. This is like a governance themed show where they're going to uh, dive deep into referendums, uh, the proxying, um, and then the meet the blockers. The, the block producer interviews are awesome. Are you actually doing yours in person, Rob, or is it going to be remote? Because their first uh -huh. one was in person. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. It may be in person, maybe remote, but uh, we're still working out the details. So I would be, you know, willing to fly over there uh, just for that episode. So we'll get it all set up, though. I'm talking with Ben in uh, Telegram. One, one last shout out. I want to shout out whoever's actually making the videos after they're filmed, because I don't think it's Ben or Brock. So whoever's doing those videos, <laughs> shout out to you because you deserve it. Uh, you need to roll your name on the credits because uh, you're doing a really good job. Definitely. Uh, you were at the EOS New York meetup after we recorded last week. Yeah. And then we went I back had, in time because the episode aired after you got back. But yeah. what? how was it? I had a ton of fun, honestly. It was it was so cool. And the whole reason I went was just to meet more people in the EOS community. I love, like, when people come up to uh, me and they're like, hey, I watch your videos. Hey, I watch everything EOS. Like, I listen to the podcast. That's just, like, it, it means so much to have people come up and actually want to take a selfie or want to ask me a question about EOS and what's coming. So it was just so <laughs> cool. And the energy there was so good. Of all of these people, I think they had close to 100 people, maybe a little bit more, uh, sitting there learning about EOS, some of them downloading an EOS wallet for the very first time at the event. Um, but a couple things I wanted to highlight, I think Sam uh, from Galaxy Digital gave an awesome presentation that I initially didn't expect to be so gaming focused, but obviously Galaxy Digital does have some big investments in gaming through mythical games and high fidelity, all building on EOS. So he kind of focused on the metaverse, which was very cool and not really what you expect to see from a guy in a blazer that's you know generally this typical finance guy <laughs> talking about the metaverse. But that was awesome. We saw Rob Benke from Nougat sort of unveil that the alpha is coming very soon for their decentralized, incentivized nice. version of GitHub that you know won the San Francisco EOS Hackathon. So that was cool news. I tweeted about that. And then also from EOS New York themselves, we saw the design reveal. We saw what their Metro hardware wallet, specifically for EOS, will look like. Very cool little USB design, should just pop into your computer. Um, and that, I believe, is coming in Q2 of this year as well. So there was a ton of announcements, a ton of great stuff going on, and so many cool people that came up to me um, and uh, you know, shouted me out for the event. Actually, I have to grab something for this. There's something very important uh -oh. that I have to show. This isn't uh, in our notes here, so uh, I really have no idea uh, what Rob's going to bring here. All right, so at these events, I always expect to meet cool people. And uh, I met a gentleman by the name of Alex Garzon, who uh, actually gave me this. He gave me two of these, but it's a 3D printed uh, chestahedron, basically the EOS what? logo, which I just thought was awesome. He had a ton of little boxes of these and was giving them out to people and had hit me up ahead of time saying, hey, you know, I want to give you one of these. So thank you, Alex, for that. I really do appreciate it. That kind of made the, the event that much cooler for me. So that was awesome. But then in addition to that, there's a guy named Bonds, Bonds Manifest, B-O-N-Z. Oh, I got one too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, sorry for interrupting, but yes. No, I don't have good. mine in front I'm of me. Making, I forgot to put it on my desk. I'm making a separate video about this. That's actually what this is back here. This is a one of three, like hand-blown glass, limited edition, but this is also hand-blown glass, like a full-on. Keep talking, Rob. I'm getting mine. So pretty awesome stuff. I have one of these in another color combination that's kind of like the cipher glass colors. But if you want EOS art, obviously this is hand-blown glass. They're one-of-a-kind pieces. 
pretty amazing. Um, but Bonds Manifest, B-O-N-Z-M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T. He's a guy on uh, Telegram. You can get in touch with him. Hop into the Everything EOS Telegram at t.me slash everything underscore EOS. And uh, we'll make an introduction to you for him if you want one of these. So very, very cool to see kind of this contrast of, you know, you have one that's, that's 3D printed. It's much smaller. This is kind of made by a machine. And then one that's made by hand. Uh, by another member of the EOS community. And I paid for these in EOS as well, which was just so cool and sort of completes that circle. So you got one here as well, Zach. Oh yeah, the Macho EOS Ooh. man made a return. I had to go into the same storage. I keep my costumes. <laughs> so yeah, I got, the, I got the black and yellow one, which it's not only the everything EOS colors, uh, but yeah. it is also the colors of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Pittsburgh Penguins. That looks but, great. Uh, the black and yellow is so cool. <laughs> I couldn't leave it on my desk because I'm afraid the cats are going to knock it over and break it. So I have yeah, to. I, put, I have a secret. I put uh, this one is kind of like stuck to the desk back here. I have double sided tape that I like put on the bottom and then put around like the, the places that I could just so that the Sweet. cats don't do the same thing. The other one, the, the cypher glass color one is in my bedroom and I have that on like this little little table. So it's all taped down as well. Just to just to be safe with these cats running around. Man, he, he's going to get up with a bunch of orders, but that's great. Uh, he he was telling me how he at one point like early on before mainnet launch he launched like a eos like art store or something like that so oh cool yeah he's a great yeah. dude i i had a, the chance to meet with him after the eos new york event we all went to this bar and just hung out for a while um talked with rob a lot there but but also talked with bonds and he's just such a cool guy so passionate so friendly so positive so huge shout out to him for uh, making this awesome art man i feel like i i keep forgetting people to shout out so uh team nougat you hung out with R rob Benke from nougat i just want to anyone watching who is even somewhat interested in uh, testing Nougat, they are still accepting uh, beta users, I believe. Wow, so cool. go on their website and sign up. They're always looking for feedback. And it sounds like what uh, Rob Finch here said is that they have some releases coming probably in the next couple weeks, couple months. Yeah. So I'm sure they're going to need uh, people to test that. Q2 as well is when that alpha is going to go live. And they're kind of making this developer social network. It's you know a, a better version of GitHub, basically. So it's very cool. but. <laughs> In addition to all that, we have a bunch of future events that I'm going to be at as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so just to run through those, South by Southwest obviously has a gaming track. They have sort of a smaller crypto track. But Rudy from Mythical Games, huge shout out to him, has invited me out to the Blanco sort of launch party event where they're going to release so a gameplay cool. trailer from the game. They're, they're releasing exclusive Blancos, which I'm like so hyped about. If you oh, follow Play Mythical on Twitter or Play Blancos on Twitter, they've been tweeting out these exclusive like one of a thousand, one of 600, one of 900 different Blancos. They're gonna have nine different exclusive ones at the event. So I'm hoping I can collect all nine. That's like secretly the reason why I really wanted to go. Um, oh my but God. I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to see. They're, they're basically leading the South by Southwest gaming track. They have a, thousands of people going to this initial opening event. So just like they did when they announced this at the uh, Gamers Choice Awards in front of two or three million people at initial trailer, they're launching this second gameplay trailer in front of so many people as well. So huge props to the Mythical Games team. They, for they don't go small. The games on EOS. Yeah, they, they don't go, go big, small. Sure. They don't go small. Yeah. So is this going to be the first time you've met Rudy? This will be the first time I met him in person. We've spoken a lot, you know, over Telegram yeah. on different calls here and there. Obviously working together on on D Goods. Um, but yeah, first time I'll be meeting him and some of the other Mythical Games guys in person. So super so, stoked for that. I mean, I'm I'm going off script again here, Rob, but I I, I love stories. So. You, I remember whenever we first heard about Mythical Games and you had like more knowledge of the background of like uh, Blizzard and Activision and stuff. And yeah. you kind of had that initial connection to Rudy, it seemed like. Like you were already talking to him in a PM like as soon as they announced. Uh, yeah. So how did that like, it, like, 
I don't know, working friendship like come about. And it seems like you guys have been collaborating a, a lot lately. And it, I think it's really, really cool because there's other people in this ecosystem that I've seen you connect with like that. And they're typically gamers. And it's so interesting that how yeah. many people in this space come from a gaming background, uh, going back well, to Yao from Liquid EOS and all that, Brock, Brendan. Yeah, absolutely. And they all were sort of involved on like the selling gold side of World of Warcraft, whereas Rudy was involved actually making World of Warcraft and worked on several of the expansions that I've played um, so that was really my, my main interest in reaching out when I saw, oh, part of this team has, has worked on World of Warcraft before, a game that I've put hundreds and hundreds of days of playtime into. Don't really play it so much anymore, the, the recent Activision Blizzard. That's a whole nother, whole nother <laughs> tangent. Um, but but Ten more videos. was an awesome guy. Yeah, exactly. He's a, an awesome guy, worked on World of Warcraft, some of the games that I played, some of the expansions I played. So I just wanted to reach out and you know learn about why he was coming to EOS and some of the games that they were building. And I think we really hit it off. And then you know shortly thereafter, a few weeks or months later, um, he reached out about D-Goods and I linked them with Pixios and sort of came on board with that whole initiative. So it's been super awesome and I can't wait to meet him in person and uh, hopefully get those exclusive Blancos. I, I think that's the value you bring to this ecosystem, Rob. And I'm getting there too with my network as well. It's like you're able to put all these pieces together that might have taken months to connect on their own, but you're able to give it to them like instantaneously and get everyone working together because you know all of this stuff being done in silos and it's... Definitely. That's I what mean, I'm it's not just, just you. There's to... a lot of other people in the space that do it, oh, but it's like it's like a superpower, I think. And I, I love hearing stuff like this, especially after um, last week, just based on the theme of our episode, you kind of put an open message out to anyone developing on any other platform or who hasn't selected a platform yet to reach out to you. Uh, have you yeah. gotten anyone directly because of that video, do you think? I or have, yeah. I have, you have a couple meetings scheduled, one, uh, one that got just postponed slightly, but uh, super excited about it. Some people have reached out over email on Telegram and Twitter DMs, kind of like on every platform people <laughs> have reached out. But again, if you're looking to build on EOS, you're maybe building on another platform that isn't quite working for you, um, reach out to me, Rob, at Cypherglass, C-Y-P-H-E-R-G-L-A-S-S.com. Um, and we'll schedule a free consulting call and sort of show you how EOS could help you move your business or your DAP forward. That's awesome. And it was because of the video? Because I know you've been doing this like yeah. kind of on your own for a long time, but that message helped. Awesome. Because of the, Oh, it definitely helped. I think it's something we should mention regularly because anything that I can do, people ask me a lot, you know, what's your day-to-day -day look like? A, a portion of my day obviously is focused on, you know, Cypherglass content and everything EO stuff and broader business strategies at EOS name service and some other projects that we have behind the scenes as well. But a significant portion of my day is just spent on trying to help grow the EOS ecosystem. So if that's, you know, linking Rudy with other people to join the DGoods initiative, or if that's doing free consulting calls with projects to build on EOS, or maybe it's uh, having a call with a fund who's looking to you know, increase their position in EOS and they have some questions about the current state of the ecosystem. There are so many different things that I'm doing on a daily basis to try to add value to EOS. So that's where a big chunk of my day goes as well. And this is a huge part of that, something I love doing. So please reach out if you're interested. That's awesome. I, I, I love hearing stuff like that because I don't, I don't have this close relationship with as many other people. I have good relationships with a lot of people in this ecosystem, but I, I love asking uh, stories from you. Um, I, I interrupted you a little bit. We didn't get through all your events. You're also going yeah. to be at an SVK crypto event in London. When, when's that? Yeah. Very busy month. So March 26th, I think it's 6 to 8 p.m. London time. Uh, SVK crypto is doing another cool event. They usually have a huge portion of the city of London, the London crypto community to come out. So super excited to, to see those guys again and interact with the community uh, across the pond. Shout out. Uh, I, I've been shouting out all the content creators. Uh, amazing content from the guys at SVK Crypto. They do yeah. a daily 15 minute of crypto fame podcast. So if you want a crypto daily, these are your guys. Uh, and then they also do some really, really high end video content whenever they, they travel abroad and things like that. They come back and yeah. 
someone in their office is getting to work on the video editing, but they put out some really good stuff. So if you guys are still thirsty for content after watching everything EOS and Brock Pierce one, SVK Crypto's got ya. Definitely. Uh, and then the, uh, one more event. The last event. Yeah, last event for the future. So Kevin, while I was at the event, uh, Kevin Rose from East New York asked if I would come on and uh, speak, be one of the speakers at the next EOS New York event. It seems like they're gonna do these every other month. So tentatively in April, I will be speaking at the next EOS New York event, presenting something about EOS, something uh, hopefully pretty interesting for everybody there that will be attending. So stay tuned for more details on that. There's no official date set yet, but should be sometime in April. I have an interesting uh, story, also not in our notes. I keep, things just keep popping in my head today, Rob. I know, right, this is great. Um, what was that guy's name that posted the video of you? It was like a real, like he was just using like a selfie stick. I don't know. I want to give him a shout out if you can think of his name. Is it Barry? Oh, something? I know who you're talking about. Um, he wears the same glasses that uh, the guy from uh, Bulletproof Coffee wears. <laughs> well, I, I'm blanking on it. Shout name, out to this guy. Uh, yeah. Because he talked to you and he talked to um, some of the EOS New York guys. And he yeah. made a comment. Uh, one of the EOS New York guys, I think it was Rick. He mentioned how it's about one year ago they did their very first meetup. Yeah. So if that's the case, I remember when you and your brother Mike were out of the office because at the time you were still with ICO Alert and you guys yep. went on a, a trip for a few days and you said you were going to New York for some EOS event. And this is last, what, March or February. So right. like we were really into EOS. We were a couple weeks away from, we were like two weeks away from starting the podcast. I think you came back and was motivated to do it. Yeah. But that's crazy. You were basically part of uh, history in a way because that was yeah, a lot of times a lot of people met in person for the first time. And, now and it's, it's so funny because I met definitely I met Kevin at that event, and uh, you know he was meeting so many people for the first time at that event, and uh, he obviously didn't know that we were planning to launch a block producer as well at that time. But I mentioned this to him at the event I was just at. Like by the way, I was at that first event, and we met. Like he told me about the undersea cable map of like the internet and stuff. He's like, what for real? So <laughs> it was just funny that uh, he didn't realize I was there. But if you go back and check that guest list on meetup, I was definitely there. That's awesome. So yeah. I'll, I'll probably be at the one in April. I'll, I don't think it's been announced publicly yet. Probably. Uh -uh. I, I, I will be. Strong. I, there were so many people. You say like, oh, my, I'm Zach Gall. My network's not as strong. But there were so many people that came up to me saying, hey, is Zach here? Like, I want to talk to Zach. Like, so a lot of people want to see you, man. You got to come to the next event. It's going to be awesome. I, I was so bummed out to not be at the last event. So yeah, yeah I, I'm 100% going to be there. I don't really think there's anything in April that would ever prevent me. It was a really we weird go. circumstance last week uh, with my wife being out of town at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I will be there. So Kevin Rose, let me freaking know. I will mark it on my calendar and uh, book my travel early. I will Perfect. love. I would love to meet the EOS community. So you said there's like 100 people there? It's pretty yeah, good. Roughly. That's, that's a it really was, big yeah, event. They fill up a great event. There's like an Amazon Web Services like meetup event basically where they use it they have a bunch of screens so even if you're in the back you can still understand what's going on it's it's really well done and you can ask questions to all the people that are speaking which is pretty cool EOS new york so whenever you went to that meetup one year ago could could you yeah. sense that they were going to be a top block producer at the time or were they just like you probably didn't meet any in person at the time yet but did they stand out at back then yeah i mean it, I think they stood out mostly in the fact that they were the first block producer to ever announce. Like they were the first that came out and said, hey, we're gonna run a BP and nobody else had ever <laughs> announced at that time. Um, so I think that has done a lot for them just because they've had the most time out of anybody to really make their mark, to show that they're committed to EOS. And that's probably why they've produced the most blocks on the EOS mainnet out of anybody. If you look at a, a chart that we'll pull up here later in the episode, but it, it makes a ton of sense. You know, They've had the longest time to engage with the community and have done some pretty great things. So shout out to them. 
Yeah, I feel like every week we're talking about them, and we're not really doing it on yeah. per- like we like the guys there. Like Kevin's a cool yeah. guy, real nice. I, I like helping good people, but we don't do this on purpose. They're just always doing Definitely. good stuff, and that's the transition into the next topic. We missed it about two weeks ago, but the EOS Alliance is transitioning yeah. from a non a traditional nonprofit organization with uh, a temporary board, and they're transitioning into EOS DAO which if yeah. for those not familiar, DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. And that initiative is actually being led by EOS New York in partnership with one of the core teams from EOS DAC. So they're not saying EOS DAC as a whole, but like a group within EOS DAC. And there's probably others involved as well, but I'm pretty excited about this because I, I think we've seen uh, the community's response to, I guess, giving any one person or one group any type of authority or spending power. No one trusts anybody in the network. Yeah. And I, I think coming out as a DAO is actually going to, at the end of the day, give the EOS Alliance a lot. I don't want to say authority because they're independent, but it's going to, I think it's going to help us. Some more legitimacy. Yeah. And, and more fair. No one's going to complain about like it, it being a handpicked board. But what are your thoughts on this uh, besides it just being a good initiative? I think, you know, I haven't had a ton of time to look into the, the very, very specifics. I know that, you know, Thomas Cox stepped down um, as, I guess, one of the interim leaders, the interim director, and now had that $4 million investment at Strongblock. So congrats to him and, you know, the team yeah. over there that's that's working on that enterprise solution um, to, to bring enterprises onto EOS. So uh, that's exciting. But other than that, I think it's just, it's a step in the right direction, right? If EOS is a platform, not just for dApps, but also for DAOs, these decentralized autonomous organizations or entities or companies, whatever you want to call them, um, if it is this platform, I think we need to lead by example. And what better way to set an example than to lead the EOS Alliance as this DAO that you know is looking out for the best interest of the network, is kind of pushing initiatives like Rex and uh, you know the different referenda that we're, we're voting on. So I think it's awesome, and it, it makes a ton of sense to to go out there and say, hey, we're going to start this DAO and sort of show people how it's done. All right, moving along. This one actually uh, involves us in a way. Uh, Coinpayments.com. Yeah. Uh, they are a payments company for crypto payments. They just recently added EOS to their list of 1,240 other coins they support. So you want to explain kind of what this is and why it's uh, meaningful to us? Yeah, so if you run uh, you know, a, an e-commerce website on Shopify or WooCommerce or whatever it is, you're selling t-shirts, um, you're selling you know, whatever it is online, uh, you can actually accept crypto through coin payments. They have cool little plugins for different shopping carts, and you can accept Bitcoin and Ethereum and Litecoin. And like he said, you know, so many other coins, but it wasn't until now that they've actually added support for EOS. So now, if you have a store out there, an e-commerce store, you can actually accept EOS and get EOS as payments from users. Uh, and it's pretty awesome to see that functionality, that additional support sort of coming online. And what, why is that relevant to us, Rob? Don't you have a T-shirt on that we haven't ooh, really announced ooh. anything publicly about any of this stuff we have on our merch store? We haven't announced it publicly, but on everythingeus.io, a little birdie told me that there's a new merch stop, merch shop uh, set up where you can buy merch like this hoodie. And I got to say, this is not an exaggeration. This is literally, and I almost never use the word literally because people use it incorrectly, but this is literally the softest hoodie that I own. Like the inside of this thing is kind of insane. I've been wearing it for uh, a couple days. I don't really want to admit it, but uh, <laughs> it's super comfy. You can check out this. We've got phone cases. We have hats. We have other shirts. Um, it really is just a way for you to support the show and get some EOS merch, you know, as a result. Um, but we got to get through a few more topics and I think we could wrap up. You want to just run through them quick? You want to go back and forth? How do you want to do it? 
Yeah, ITAM Games. I'll take the first one. You take second. I'll take the third. We'll close. So ITAM right. Games just came out with a Future of Gaming trailer saying that mm. uh, free-to-play games are dead, basically, and that play-to-earn games, meaning you can play and earn tokens or earn some kind of value, are the future. They are, again, releasing 20 games on the EOS mainnet this year uh, and put out this trailer to kind of get everybody hyped up. And it looks like we'll get our first game uh, at the end of this month or the beginning of next month. So super excited about that. What do we have from you, Zach? All right, we got... Uh, we've talked about it before. Uh, Peter K on the developer series. Oh, he, he, I don't think we published the video yet, but we're doing something on the Elemental Battles. So let me back check. Every, we've talked about the Elemental Battles tutorial that Block One put out back, I believe, in November or October. It's a great entry level tutorial into EOS IO to deploy your first web application. Um, but what Liquid Apps just put out this morning that we're recording this on Thursday, uh, it's called VRAM Elemental Battles. And they basically took the Elemental Battles repo that Block One had developed and released publicly, and they um, they integrated VRAM and swapped it with the regular EOS mainnet RAM. And now you could actually uh, deploy the whole uh, game for, for pennies, essentially, compared to what it was before, because you, there was a lot of uh, RAM that was needed to store the, the data of this game. And I, I think games are, uh, right now at least, early on, are the applications that stand to gain the most from liquid dApps and, and bringing down those RAM costs. Uh, I think the, the more complex business applications will come, but I think in the immediate future, and I know there's ever a PD also is able to be helped with this, but I think the major beneficiaries are going to be the games. Um, yeah. So outside of the elemental battles, uh, there was a paragraph within this blog post uh, that got me excited. I actually texted Rob as soon as I read this, and I'm going to read it out loud, and I'll put it on the screen. It says, IPFS as a decentralized front-end solution, and this is on liquid dApps. Instead of storing user-facing application front-ends, and this is like your HTML files, the stuff you see on a website, on a centralized server, which becomes responsible for delivering the content anytime it is requested. What the DAP network allows is it allows developers to register an application front end on IPFS, which is a, a distributed file storing system. Um, and it allows you to store all of your website front end assets on this distributed IPFS network. In September 2017, uh, Block One put out a white paper on EOS IO storage as it was called. And this is basically a hard drive for EOS mainnet, which would store like your, all, all these files like this. And I, don't, I wasn't able to find the video to be able to play a clip for this podcast, but on one of those, uh, when Block One used to do those like Apple style videos back in 2017 and early 18, Dan would say in the, like once on EOS IO, you, a developer will be able to deploy a web application without ever deploying a web server. And that's exact, because these applications are stateless. Their, their state is on the blockchain and the, the missing piece is all the other stuff. Your HTML files on your front end, your JavaScript files, your image files, your video files, where does all of that live? And this is the solution to it. And, and DAP Network and Liquid DAPs, uh, based on this paragraph, it seems like they're going to be solving these problems very soon. And I'm excited. Uh, Peter K from, from Daffiness, as you mentioned earlier, whenever we read this this morning, it just it blew our minds because now we kind of got to pivot on some of the stuff. We're already close to wrapping up because this IPFS front, hosting our, our files on an IPFS system without 
uh, degrading like speed or reliability is, is, is very interesting to us to say the least. Definitely. Yeah, super exciting stuff coming from that team. And then to wrap it up with this final piece of news, we have EOS Finex, of course, which we mentioned earlier, just to make a note that that uh, alpha or beta version, I think it is, should be out in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited. But, uh, yeah, so much happening. I think that's all we uh, have for this show. Is that right, Zach? I think that's it for this week, Rob. Awesome. Let's wrap it up. All right. So once again, we'll see you guys uh, next week. You'll probably see me. Actually, we're doing more videos now. You'll probably see us in a day. Yeah. Probably the next day, too. So we're just going to keep coming at you. But once again, I'm Zach Gall. I'm Rob Finch. This. And this. Is everything Is EOS. everything EOS. Go, Go EOS. EOS. I wonder if we got that. <laughs> it sounded, it sounded we'll good. See you next week.